Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Welcome to the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Uh, we introduced the episode that way because this episode had a seance, but they did not do that, which I thought was an oversight. Uh, but, you know, some shit went down at the seance, so I guess I can forgive them this time. Yes, but it was a total miss on their part. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, we're on week nine now. Uh, the episode is called History Repeating. Uh, now, this is my, you know, third, fourth, fifth time watching it, but it was still full of thrills, chills, and spills, which is the name of a 90s sports bloopers video that was watched a lot in my home. <laughs> my God, I need to watch this. That sounds amazing. There was also Dazzling Dunks and Basketball Bloopers. That was another one. Ooh. I don't know how I got on this topic. Are these related at all to Jock Jams? I mean, there probably were some Jock Jams in the soundtrack. Got it. I think one of them at least had, like, Flight of the Bumblebee in the background. Ooh. Anyway, so yes, I've been around the bend a few times. This is Beth's first time watching the episode, which made it... It always makes it feel new to me because I want to gasp at the shocking moments, even though I know what's going to happen, like out of solidarity with your gasp. I'd be gasping, especially <laughs> this episode. I also got chills at one point, which I don't know if that's happened so far yet, but she got scary. They're multiplying. <laughs> Apologies for that frog in my throat there just now. Was it the WB frog? It was. Wait, was it still the WB when this was no. on? No, that <laughs> happened a really long time ago, yeah. right? Uh, RIP, girl. Yeah. Okay, so enough of that. Uh, let's actually <laughs> talk about the Vampire Diaries now. Yes. Of sports bloopers and frogs. So this episode started out with some crazy Inception shit. It like, was basically condensing the like three and a half hours of Inception into a 30-minute sequence. Yes. With Bonnie instead of Leonardo DiCaprio, which is a 100% improvement. It's Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was awesome. Like, I couldn't even keep track of what was going on at first. So I guess we start off and Bonnie is in class just sitting there and her te- teacher is talking about some boring bullshit and... That was good for us as the viewers because we find out that there are other teachers in uh, Mystic Falls High, aside from Mr. Tanner, R.I.P. Girl. Or are there? Ooh. See, I couldn't remember exactly how this episode, like, panned out in the opening scene. So as soon as they showed another teacher teaching a class, I was like, this has to be a dream sequence. (laughs) And lo and behold, it was a dream within a dream within a dream or something. Yes, because we end last episode with Bonnie just like stumbling around the woods. What was seemingly near the Salvatore Manor? Mm -hmm. Or no, it's a different ruin. Yeah, there's like a lot of ruins in the woods of Mystic Falls, Uh which is weird because they're a very historically minded town. So you'd think that they'd have museums like set up around said ruins. True. But no. Okay, good to know. So Caroline, uh, Caroline, oh my God, we are not doing this this week. Bonnie wakes up in the woods next to a ruin. That's how we end last episode. This episode, she's in class, she falls asleep, she wakes up, and she's back at the ruin, and she... No, first she wakes up and sees Emily. Oh, in Emily Bennett. Right? Yeah. Oh, Like, in the the school, wearing her full-on 1864 garb, to which Beth uh, quoted a classic film. (laughs) 
Oh, I forgot I said this. I'm a little proud. I said, there's a colonial woman on the wing. (laughs) And there really was on the wing of the locker. Yes. Oh, it was so good. It was just a total shout out to Bridesmaids. I wonder if Bridesmaids got that joke from that scene. I think they were definitely talking about Emily Bennett. Totally possible. I bet Emily Bennett was on the wing and it was like a crossover <laughs> Ooh, with the vampire tigers. Yes, that's true. I love it. Kristen Wiig knows what we're talking about. Yes, shout out Kristen. We love you. So, yeah, she follows Emily into the woods oh, and yes. Emily says some spooky shit about like needing her help and then Bonnie wakes up in class with a start, but then she turns and Emily's sitting in the desk next to her, and then she wakes up in the woods at the ruins, but she's for realsies awake this time. Oh, yes. Thanks for explaining it to me. That's what I was trying to say, but I missed it. It was creepy as fuck, because Emily was like, help me, help me, but she said it in, like, a really monotonous voice, and it just kind of creeped me out, and the dream inside a dream, like, I'm a sucker for that, and this was a dream inside a dream inside a dream, which is just bananas and i was a little bit sad that our friend bianca lawson who plays emily did not have her strange jamaican slash irish accent from her role as kendra the vampire slayer but you can't have it all yeah so that's really like the cold open of the episode when bonnie wakes up in the woods it kind of cuts the little opening title card Mm -hmm. and then we are at school Which hasn't happened in a while, it feels like. Yeah, at least a couple weeks since they were last at school because we kept talking about how school wasn't happening because Mm -hmm. Mr. Tanner had died. So it's been at least three episodes, I think. Yeah. And I think we open um, with Caroline complaining about Bonnie um, as Mm -hmm. her and Elena are walking into class because... um, As we know, Bonnie has the very important crystal, the VIC, as we uh, so fondly call it over here at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. So Caroline's saying that Bonnie's just straight up a thief because the very important crystal belonged to her and she asked for it back and Bonnie won't give it back. So Elena's kind of like, girl, calm down. Um, And then they both sit down in class and we see that they have a new teacher, maybe replacing Mr. Tanner. Oh, yeah, it's history class. Oh, right. So yes. they finally, after like six months or however long it's been, <laughs> uh, have hired somebody to fill the spot. And he has a sort of strange way of introducing himself. He writes his name on the board, and he has a really weird-ass name. It's Alaric Saltzman. And I'm never going to remember this, listeners. He... I'm just telling you now. <laughs> a of all, he is played by the guy who plays Warner in Legally Blonde. <gasps> Which I didn't realize the first time I watched it, and it was like a big moment for me when I made the connection. I knew that he looked familiar, yeah. but I didn't know why. So that's wow. who he is. Um, and B of all, he launches into like a 10-minute speech about his name. He's like, my last name, Saltzman, has Germanic origins, but I come from Texas stock, but was raised in Boston. And my first name was my great-great-grandfather's, and it's dumb. And it's not pronounced Alaric, it's Alaric, but you can call me Rick. So everything I just said is pointless. It was so long and so awkward, and I was just, like, looking around the room at Claire, and I was just like, what is happening? So you gotta really step up your game, Mr. S, because 
we're you're losing us right now. Your mm-hmm. hair is not good. Your character in Legally Blonde was a dick. Like, get it together, dude. Two strikes, and we've only actually three strikes <laughs> between that and his name. I'm done. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Rick. Alaric. 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 Okay. So yeah, school's back in session. History class is happening. Elena's looking around, and she gazes sadly at the empty chair where Stefan should be sitting. Oh. She's been. She mentioned to Caroline that she's been trying to, uh, you know, get in touch with Stefan, but he is ignoring her. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. Very complicated. So the next thing I have written down is shirtless Stefan. I don't know if anything happens before that, but that was the first thing that I thought was worth noting because I always have to keep track. Uh, Stefan is moping in his bedroom, just lying there with no shirt, and Damon comes in and starts making fun of him. And then there's this whole thing that runs through this episode with Stefan and Damon where they're doing impressions of each other. Yeah. Like every conversation they have, they're each pretending to be the other, which sometimes is really funny and sometimes it's just confusing. I thought that it was really confusing, especially in this scene, because I didn't realize what they were doing until the following scene (laughs) when they continued to do it. So I was just kind of like, what is happening here? Um, and I'm glad that you pointed out that Stefan was shirtless in this scene because he sure was. And that dude is cut and also very thin. Yeah, I got really worried about him. Like, I never have been a Stefan girl. Like, I saw him as Donnie on the OC first, so I always think of that. So I never <laughs> thought he was very cute. But I was paying more attention to the shirtlessness this time for science. And his collarbones are, like, protruding. And he just... Looks like he has no body fat. It's all just like weirdly targeted muscle in his abs. But then everything else is really scrawny. I'm like, girl, what is the CW making you do? I know they want you all to have abs, but you should eat a square meal every once in a while. I know. That dude needed a cheeseburger like we just had. Yeah, we had some disappointing cheeseburgers. We did. Actually, they weren't that disappointing. They weren't that bad, but they should have been better. The most disappointing thing was that the cheese for our cheese fries was cold. Yeah. It's amateur hour up in here. You know, we're recording in a new location. I just moved, so the home studio has moved with us, so we're testing out the local cuisine. <laughs> I know this is very fascinating to it the is. world. It is. listeners We're not going to drag their name through the mud. Maybe it was just an off night. Maybe the microwave or, like, cheese heater was not working. Oh, yes. Ye old cheese heater. Ye old cheese heater. So, yes, they are being snarky towards each other. We might recall that it was just last episode that Stefan wanted to straight up murder Damon because he killed his best friend of 100 plus years for really like stupid reasons. I know. And he had just staked um, Damon like through the stomach not long ago. So I was surprised to see that they had kind of bounced back so quickly and were in the same room for with each they other. They were like still living in the same house. If I was Stefan, I would have like torched the place. Right. I yeah I I was really shocked but I feel like it's also in keeping with how things go in this show yeah. like Elena and Stefan are broken up but we don't know and then all of a sudden they say that they are and then they're back together and all this other stuff so I guess we shouldn't be surprised that the brothers can rebound so easily I guess yeah I mean I just remember going on last episode about like how awful it is that he killed Lexi 
but then it's so easy to forget. And I feel like already in this episode, I've kind of forgotten about it. I know. It's I'm like, true. haha, Damon's making with the quippy one-liners. He did a really funny impression of Stefan's brooding face. <laughs> uh, yeah. R.I.P. Lexi. Uh, one thing we forgot to discuss last episode, actually, was uh, who the actress who plays Lexi is. Oh, we didn't. Tell me. It's Lindsay from Gilmore Girls. <gasps> oh my god yeah, I'm just CW watching Gilmore Girls too actors. yes oh gosh I can't believe that I missed that that was her for sure sorry Lexi yeah. hashtag cuckolded <laughs> yes <laughs> Gilmore Girls spoiler alert oh yeah sorry everyone oh you've seen it yeah. especially if you're listening to this podcast I feel like our target mm-hmm. audience is between Vampire Diaries Diaries and the Gilmore Girls probably overlaps quite a bit. Yeah, I would hope so. Me too. Just paragons of television. So after they have their like little bro down, we then go to Bonnie's story. She's freaking out and she tells Elena all about how she's dreaming about her ancestress Emily and it's really spooky. And we know that she told, uh, Elena that she was a witch last week so she can be open about this stuff mm-hmm. yeah and Bonnie says just straight up to Elena that she thinks she's being haunted mm-hmm. and I'm like that was the name of the last episode Bonnie catch up <laughs> stay on track girl <laughs> and uh, she talks about how she woke up by the ruins of Old Fell's church just another reminder that the Fell family has been around since you know the olden times. Oh, yes, that was the rune. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she knows that something's going on there. The ghost of Emily said something about this being where it all began, so we're very intrigued as to what Emily's deal is at this point, other than being on the wing of a plane for (laughs) Vegas. Absolutely. So I think at this point, we're kind of just a little bit worried about Bonnie. We're not really sure, like, what's happening, like, why all of this is coming up and we kind of leave her story for a minute I think at this point and then we uh, go back to Alaric um, Mm -hmm. aka Mr. Salsman aka Rick um, (laughs) and Jeremy walks into Alaric's classroom and he's like "Um, excuse me um, Mr. Salsman you wanted to see me and we're just all like shut up Jeremy but then Mr. Salsman says, um, yeah, I wanted to see you. Like, you know what I'm holding here? This is um, just a file of all of the bad students that Mr. Tanner kept because um, he just thought that you were the worst. And this is pretty much just an opus to all of the bad shit that you've done. And do you remember what Mr. Tanner labeled this file? No. He called it the jackass file. Oh, of course he did. That's so in keeping with Mr. Tanner being just such an asshole. Uh, of course it's called the jackass file. Yeah. But and it's all about Jeremy. <laughs> it is. Luckily, though, uh, Mr. Saltzman just kind of tosses it to the side and he says, 
you know, this is in your past. Um, I'm interested in like what you're going to do in the future. And this is a fresh start. I'm not like the other teachers. I'm a cool teacher. Yeah. He's like kind of like playing it cool. And Jeremy looks super excited because. He's uh, still brainwashed into being like shiny, happy Jeremy. Exactly. Because he told Mr. Saltzman that he was like trying to turn around his grades and get his shit together. And Mr. Saltzman was kind of like, well, um, you've already failed for half the year so that still sucks no matter what you do what if I told you you could do some extra credit so Jeremy accepts and the extra credit that he has to do is to um, write a paper about something that has an importance in local history and as Claire just kindly mentioned a little while ago, we know that um, Mystic Falls is a very historic place with a bunch of runes everywhere. So Jeremy shouldn't have too much trouble uh, finding um, something to write his extra credit paper about. Also, yeah. Alara gives him a week to write this. I'm like, make it a little more cushy for this juvenile right. delinquent drug addict, will you? He's going to get an A plus in this class at this rate. Right. But the most important part of the scene is that Jeremy notices that Alaric is wearing quite an interesting accessory. Oh, yes. Alaric has his very own gaudy ass ring. Mm -hmm. And we're all familiar with the gaudy ass rings because we know that Stefan and Damon have to wear them. And that's what allows them to go out into sunlight as vampires. Mm -hmm. So Alaric makes up something quick about how it belonged to his dad. And he knew it was a little garish, a.k.a. gaudy ass. Yeah. Um, but this makes uh, us a little suspicious on if Alaric is a vampire or not. I mean, his name is Alaric. He has a gaudy ass <laughs> ring. There's something going on with this guy. Totally. Yeah. And he likes Jeremy, so. Yeah, that's probably the most suspicious part of all. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so there's this thing happening uh, throughout the school day between Caroline and Matt. Mm -hmm. which picks up on what happened with them last week, which I had kind of forgotten about in all the Lexi drama, which is that he brought her home when she was drunk and he spent the night with her. Not in a sexual way, but there was cuddling, as we learned in this episode. Yes. So he's like kind of giving her the cold shoulder and just saying, hey, every time he sees her and walking away. So she just like stops him in the parking lot at school and is like, excuse me. You cuddled the shit out of me, and you're just going to give me hay. Hay is for horses, sweetheart. I know. I was so happy for Caroline here because she kind of stood up for herself, and she was like, I am not going to play these games anymore. Um, she's like, hay reeks of like awkward guy move, and like I don't want to deal with it. So... Then Matt pretty much says, like, I've been saying hey to you every day since the first grade, and you thinking that it's awkward is a total lame girl move. You're we just kind of like, oh, burn. shit. At first, when we were watching the episode, I thought he said lame bro move, which I feel like would have been an even better burn than lame girl move, but oh, that's yeah. just me. Well, it is Matt. We can't expect the best from him, like, verbally. <laughs> no, he's, we can't. You know, a solid dude, but he's not good with the quips. No, and also seemingly not that good with the ladies. Yeah. He, I, yeah. I don't really get his deal in that respect, but. He, <laughs> Same. He's sort of trying. <laughs> that is, like, the best way to describe Matt. He's sort of trying. So oh, he also true. has this excuse about how he left before she woke up because he heard her mom. And we all know that Mrs. Sheriff Forbes is a proud gun owner. 
So if she found yes. Matt Donovan in her daughter's bedroom, he would be dead now. Oh, yeah. She would just shoot him dead and blame it on a giant animal and then call animal control to her home. The, the bear shot him. <laughs> yes. So that's a whole situation that's happening. Uh, we don't really know where that's going to go. But uh, Stefan does show up after school to talk to Elena, and she's all, like, happy to see him and cheerful, not mad about anything. I guess she's respecting that he's mourning his best friend, who I keep forgetting has died. But she's just like, oh, Stefan, I've been so worried about you. How are you? Why weren't you in school? Blah, blah, blah. Their whole dynamic in this episode is very Twilight, because it's all centered around, like, staring at each other in class and, like, one not being there and, like, all the angst just feels like Edward and Bella. Very true. Which usually, despite the superficial similarities between the two, is not the case with them. Like, it's not nearly as creepy as Twilight, but this episode, it was definitely a little closer. Yeah, I think so, too. And it was, like, weird because Elena was kind of, like, pining after him. She's like, I was so worried that you weren't in school. Like, what, you couldn't even text me? And I don't know. I kind of got that vibe, too, that it was, like, just a a little weird, especially because they've been flip-flopping so much back Mm -hmm. and forth that I can't remember if they're, like, getting along or if they're not. But I think we left last episode with them kind of, like, rekindling because of the death of his best friend in front of her very eyes. Yeah. So she just flat out says that she wants to get back together. Like, she says she can handle it. She didn't think she could deal with the vampire thing, but she was wrong, and she's ready to do this. But Stefan's like, nope. He's like, sorry, girl, I'm dropping out of school. Bye, Felicia. Uh, Yeah, it was like, oh, it was pretty cold to be truthful. And she was like, what? So you're just going to drop out and not come back? And like, she was hurt, obviously. And he's like, don't worry, it's better if you hate me. And that is really very much like the Twilight Saga New Moon. When Edward, spoiler alert, dumps Bella for her own safety. Because yes. he's like, it's too dangerous to be around me. I can't do this. I have to leave town. There's been too much death. And I'm like, yes, that is correct. You probably should leave town. Get out of here. I know. It's just annoying that, like, I don't know. To me, it's annoying that Stefan let it get to this point before he recognized what he was actually doing yeah. when Elena was invested. Like, it almost seems like backhanded. Like, mm-hmm. let me let you fall in love with me <laughs> and then break it off right when you're like, oh, I'm ready to be with you. Jackass. Why Mr. Tanner, Tanner's file. I mean, he probably was, but then he came out of the file when he proved his football prowess. Oh, yes. That he was just put in the, the good-ass file. I was thinking he was just put in the spank bank. Yeah, that's what I was trying to go for, but good-ass doesn't have the same ring to it. Oh, man. So Elena's very sad, uh, but we don't really linger on that too long because Damon... Appears at the school as well, and he's on a mission. Yes, and he. So our good pal Bonnie is walking across the parking lot, and he kind of like runs up to her, and he's like, "Bonnie, where's my very important crystal? I really want it. You need She's to get it to me." She's wearing it at the time, by the way. <laughs> yes. It's right there. And but he's like, "You hurt me last time that I tried to take the crystal. Like, just give it to me, so we don't have to go through all of this." Um, and you're just kind of like Damon leave her alone and leave the very important crystal alone. Mm-hmm. But um, Damon says something along the lines of like, 
I know Emily's bothering you. And we're like, how does Damon know about this? Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, And Damon says that Emily's going to keep bothering her as long as she has the very important crystal on. And this is really weird because Damon, you know, obviously knows that Bonnie is a witch and that she's descended from Emily. But Bonnie doesn't know about vampires, but she doesn't question for a second why Damon would know about her 1864 ancestress. Yeah. Like, it doesn't strike her as weird at all, except that, like, how did he know that she's been haunting me? I know. That's, yeah, that's super weird. I don't know if because Bonnie knows she's a witch, now she just, like, takes everything, like, without yeah. questioning it. I don't know. It's so, like, why does she think that Damon wants the crystal so much? I, <laughs> that is a good question. It's just very weird. It's... I kept on having to remind myself throughout this episode that Bonnie doesn't know about about vampires and that for all she knows, Damon is just some, like, 20-year-old townie. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so, anyway, like, Damon um, tells Bonnie, like, Emily knows a deal's a deal. Mm-hmm. Which, at this point, we're not sure what the fuck he's talking about, but yeah. um, we're interested in understanding how Damon knows Emily. Mm-hmm. Um He's also very creepily, like, all up in her space, like, looming over her more than usual, leaning into her. And, like, moving her hair. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Mm -hmm. It's gross. It was. So, that's not fun. Uh, Bonnie, you know, tells Elena about it. And she's like, well, you have to stay the fuck away from Damon. I'm not going to tell you why, other than, you know, that he's harassing you about this. But yeah, you're going to have a sleepover with me tonight because I don't want you to be alone with these crazy dreams of Emily and Damon lurking (laughs) around every corner. Yeah. And they're driving home from school and Bonnie just decides she's had enough. She's like, I've had it officially. I don't want this stupid ass important crystal anymore. And she basically like throws it into a cornfield. I guess it's not a cornfield. It's just a field. Yeah. But she just swerves off the road, like, violently all of a sudden. And I'm like, do we not remember that Elena's parents died in a car crash that she was also in? Like, let's take it easy with the swerving off the roads in dramatic fashion. But yeah, Bonnie takes off the necklace and throws it into the field. And she was just like, all of my problems, all of my anxiety is coming from this stupid crystal. I don't want it anymore. It's done. Like, let's go hang out and have a girl's night. Yep. So she has said goodbye to her mystery ancestress for the time being uh so they head back to elena's house to have their little uh girls just want to have fun moment and we check in at the mystic grill which is still running somehow without the uh helping hands of vicky donovan oh no who covered her shifts r.i.p vicky r.i.p girl and aunt jenna is there with jeremy which is kind of strange. It's like just the two of them having dinner at the Mystic Grill together. <laughs> I know. I don't think we've seen them alone in a scene at all yet in the show. Except the time when she threw an apple at the back of his head and it was the best. <laughs> oh, yes. True. Uh, so Alaric is also there just sitting by himself, like reading or something, which I'm saying really disparagingly. I don't know why, because that's like me in any situation I've ever been in in my life, like just sitting there by myself. But you're actually sitting there or reading. He seemed like he was pretending to read. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> and Aunt Jenna's checking him out, and she's like, that guy has a hot back. And Jeremy's like, I can introduce you because he's my teacher. I know, it was super weird. 
But she says that she's sworn off men because she's still depressed about fucking Logan Fell. Stupid ass. Ugh, that, that goon. So she doesn't want the intro quite yet. And um, we kind of pan across the room from Aunt Jenna and Jeremy, and we see that Stefan and Damon have moved their little shindig from the Salvatore boarding house over to uh, the Mystic Grill. And... Um, Damon is kind of throwing back the whiskeys up the bar. Stefan comes in and orders a coffee. And this is the point where I realize that they're talking to each other as if they were each other. So, And Stefan actually does a really spot-on impression of Damon in this scene. And I'm like, holy shit, Paul Wesley can actually like do things with his face. Like He did a perfect Ian Somerhalder facial expression at one point. <laughs> like, So it's just a choice. To always be making the same faces stuff in. I guess so. Oh my gosh. I had noticed the same thing too. Like that's why I was having so much trouble understanding what was going on because I was like, um, why is why is Stefan making this face? And like why is he like cracking jokes? Uh but this is where it kind of all came together for yeah. me for sure. So I think we glossed over uh one little thing, which is that Elena cornered Stefan or no, she invited him over to the house to tell him about Damon harassing Bonnie. Oh, yes, that's right. And And this is very important, just like the crystal. (laughs) So she's like, so what is the deal with this crystal? Like, what the fuck? And Seven's just like, oh, it belonged to Emily Bennett. We knew Emily in 1864. She was Catherine's handmaiden, which I'm like, she was Catherine's slave. Let's, like, get it straight. <laughs> right? I know. Like, that was that was not good. Quote, I was quote, handmaiden. Handmaiden. Yeah, okay. Um, and, like, the weirdest thing about this scene is that, like, Stefan, like, waits for Elena to lead him into saying all of these things. It's like, excuse me, Stefan, you're the one who knows, like, you were alive in 1864. Don't leave Elena here to, like, guess at what's going on. Because um, Elena starts telling Stefan about um, the very important crystal, and she describes it great. She's like, oh, well, Bonnie has this necklace, you know, it's an antique and an iron setting. And Stefan's like, oh, yes, the very important crystal. Um, Catherine gave it to Emily for safekeeping or something. Uh, and he mentions that he knew right away, like, that first awkward dinner party where Bonnie was talking about her Salem witch, like, backstory. He's, he tells Elena, oh, yeah, I've known about Bonnie being a witch ever since then. But, like, Elena didn't know about Bonnie being a witch. <laughs> and so he's been withholding all of this, like, really interesting information that probably both Elena and Bonnie might want to know. Right? And then he just, like, brings it up casually. Like, oh, yeah, I knew that Bonnie was a witch. And I knew that this very important crystal belonged to her ancestor that was the handmaiden, a.k.a. slave of my lover. So complicated. Oh, Stefan. So, yeah, so he's trying to get close to Damon to kind of figure out what the deal is with the crystal. Because all Stefan knows is that it belonged to Catherine. Like, for all he knows, it's just a necklace. But obviously there's something else going on with it. So he's, like, trying to butter Damon up by drinking together, playing darts. And then they go to play catch on a football field, like, at the high school. And at first they're, like, standing really close to each other. And I was like, are we watching The Room right now? (laughs) Right? It was a total room move. They were just playing catch from, like, three feet away from each other. But then, I forget who threw what, but one of them throws, like, a vampire pass, and the other one, the vampire, zooms to get it, and they tackle each other, and they're lying on the grass, and it's all very, like, romantic comedy at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, not to get back to the, like, 
sibling shipping that happens, but I think the only word for it is bromoerotic. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That was definitely it. It was. And it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, they're still talking really close to each other, and, like, the banter seems kind of flirty. They're lying on the grass next to each other looking at the stars. Like, what the fuck was that scene? I don't know. And then they were, like, reminiscing about how they used to be close brothers and that, like, they taught each other to play football back in 1864. Yeah, there was, like, some romantic undertones of that. I mean, I guess that the show was, like, trying to, like, help us understand that, like, there is feelings and, like, love amongst these brothers despite all of the issues. But, like, it was a weird way to present that. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily, you know, this is also intercut with the fun girls sleepover, which Elena has decided she's also going to broker peace between Caroline and Bonnie by inviting them both. Yes. So it's like awkward for one second. And then Caroline's like, fine, I apologize. Whatever. You can keep the damn necklace. I don't care. And what does Bonnie say? Oh, uh, <laughs> what I, does Bonnie I say? I threw it into a field. Oh, yeah. Sorry. She's, yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. So Caroline finally forgives Bonnie for hoarding this fucking necklace. And Bonnie's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I threw it into a field on my way here. And Caroline's just like, what the fuck? You like, couldn't have just given it back to me. I know. Instead of... <laughs> Sorry. Instead of throwing it into a fucking field. Oh my gosh. Uh, it was great. So it was great. Caroline is immediately mad again, and she gets even madder when uh, she sees that the necklace is actually in Bonnie's bag. Yes. It's a shocking moment. How did it get there? It, it's so shocking because we literally just saw Bonnie throw it into the field, and now it's back in her bag, and Caroline's like, like why the fuck are you lying to me and elena's like no it was definitely like in the field i saw bonnie throw it into the field how did it get back in her bag my favorite part of the scene is actually when bonnie's trying to explain why she threw the necklace in the field and she just (laughs) says the necklace was giving me nightmares and they just breeze past it like that's a totally normal (laughs) thing to say oh my god the necklace was giving me nightmares so i had to throw it out of the car like you know yeah, and it was, like, Been a totally there. reasonable thing. Like, oh, yeah, my costume jewelry sometimes gives me, me nightmares, too. So, see ya. Yeah, so when Caroline finds it, Bonnie and Elena just start ignoring her and being like, was it the ghost? What? Emily? Blah, blah, blah. And Caroline's, what? like, what the fuck are you guys talking yeah. about? Who's Emily? Who's the ghost? The ghost has a name? Stop ignoring me. Which is actually valid. I think so, too. If your two friends, like your two BFFs were having this conversation in front of you, you would definitely be like, guys, fill me in here. Like, what's going on with this fucking crystal? Yeah, so there's a little bit of friend friction because Caroline's very out of the loop. Like, there's three levels of the loop here. Like, Elena's at the top. Mm -hmm. She knows about the vampire. She knows Bonnie's a witch. She knows there's a ghost. And there's Bonnie, who's like, I'm being haunted. I'm a witch. And then there's Caroline, who's like, yeah, you are a bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Caroline's so out of the loop. and Even though she has, like, hands-on experience with being attacked by a vampire. I know, and then compelled to forget it and keep going back for more. Poor Caroline. Mm-hmm. So they kind of yell at each other for a minute. Bonnie tries to confess to Caroline that she's a witch, but Caroline doesn't get it. Yeah, she thinks she's just saying that she's a bitch, and then she's like, you are a witch, lol. 
with a B. Ooh. So we kind of cut away from that and find that Jeremy has just kind of pieced out of the Mystic Grill so that he can leave Aunt Jenna to rebound with his teacher. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's fine. He could just walk home. It's so close. And you're kind of like, oh, well, thanks for like not explaining major things in this show, but let us know that Jeremy can walk home from the Mystic Grill. Like, really and helpful also, like, here. Do you really want him walking home? There are people dropping like flies in this town. Right? The animal control can only be in so many places at once to protect the citizens of Mystic Falls. I guess they did kill the mountain lion. That's true. So they think their problems are over. Yeah. Little do they know. So they're hardcore flirting. Uh, Aunt Jenna tells him about how she had to leave town because of Logan Fell and that her story is so sad and pathetic. And she's like, so do you have any tragic, you know, romances in your past? <laughs> and he's like, yes, I was married and my wife died young. <laughs> Damn, I know. And then we find out that it was just, um, just a cold case murder yeah it's an unsolved mystery what happened to rick's wife did it have something to do with his gaudy ass ring or were there just animals in his town we don't know yeah that does not get answered but i have a feeling that we will find this out at some point in the future um so aunt jenna's like well why like what brought you to mystic falls and he's like oh you know i just love the rich history of this place because i'm a history teacher Mm mm-hmm uh, so this is like sounding the alarm for me because he's probably just coming back because he's a damn vampire and we know that there's a rich history of vampires in Mystic Falls. <laughs> Very rich. Yes. Uh, so yeah, then we kind of check back in at the sleepover and <laughs> Caroline decides to swallow her pride and actually take Bonnie seriously about all this witch stuff. So she comes to talk to Bonnie and uh, drops probably the best soundbite of the episode. Okay, I don't believe in the ooh. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Caroline is suspending her disbelief and letting uh, Bonnie tell her some stuff. So that's cute. You know, they're all going to be friends again. Thank God, because it got really tense there for five minutes when they were all fighting with each other. Yeah. And, uh, Speaking of bonds and fights, back on the football field, Damon's finally like, I, you know, see what you're doing here. Like, what do you want? I know you don't really want to be friends with me. So Stefan's just like, what the fuck is the deal with this crystal? What are you doing here? And you don't really expect Damon to say anything about it, but he just lays out his entire plan that's been going on this whole time. Right. He just answers every question we've had about, like, a lot of random things. I know, and it all just kind of, like, comes out in one sentence, and you're just kind of like, whoa, 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 like, slow down. What's happening here? So what's your recollection of Damon's evil plan? (laughs) Okay, so... I think I know it, but I don't know if he says all of this at the same (laughs) time. So this might be jumping ahead to a later scene. But essentially, um, the crystal was Catherine's and Catherine gave it to Emily and Emily made a pact with Damon that he would protect her children, her progeny, her her progeny, (laughs) if if Emily could keep Catherine safe by locking her in a crypt under the church that burned. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. And he needs the crystal because it's part of the spell. 
that has bound Catherine in this tomb for 150 years. And it can only be reactivated by the comet flying over the town. So the comet did have a point. It did. I feel bad for posting on our Instagram LOL next to it because it did have an important purpose. And that's it. it so from what I understand, the crystal only has powers in the time between when the two comets pass. And it's a long time yeah. between them. So Damon's been waiting a long time for this dumbass comet to activate his crystal. And now he can't get his crystal back. Which... I want to just mention, it's entirely his fault, because he gave the crystal to Caroline. <laughs> I he just, know. like, left it at her house. Yeah, like, what was he If it's thinking? so important, maybe you should, like, keep it up your butt or something. Right? Or at least not just, like, give it to any person who you're compelling to sleep with you and then attacking. Yeah, it's very sloppy. I'm doubting your commitment to Catherine right now, Damon. I know. And just because he calls it very important, I mean, it is very important. So at least now we know. But he wasn't treating it like it was the VIC. No. That's for damn sure. He was not. So he did some sloppy work, so he doesn't have the crystal, but he needs it because his plan is to reopen the tomb and get Catherine back. Yes. So he's pretty much saying that he could bring Catherine back to life at this point. So Stefan is kind of like dropping truth bombs on Damon here. And he's like telling him like our love for Catherine wasn't real. Like she was compelling us. Like this isn't a true relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And Damon was like, no, I knew what was happening the whole time, which was a little sad. And you're like, did he? Was Stefan only the one that was compelled? Or is Damon just blind to the truth? Well... One of the things that we learned from Vicky is that when you become a vampire, you remember things that you were compelled to forget. So I think Damon knows what he's talking about here. Oh. Like, he he basically says, Catherine didn't have to compel me. I knew she was a vampire. My love for her was real. Mm-hmm. Like, she was compelling you, but not me. Because I was just in it to win it. Yeah. And then, oh, that's so emotional. And he's just really sad because he doesn't have the crystal and he just wants his girl back. I know. I almost feel bad for Damon in this episode here because it's like all of his evil comes from kind of a good place. <laughs> I don't know. And who among us wouldn't murder a whole town's worth of people for Catherine 1864? She's so beautiful. It's her profile picture, you guys. Yeah. One look at that beautiful face. And she had the greatest hats. <laughs> she did. So Damon and Stefan have kind of a little bit of a back and forth here, and it's like kind of gross and one-uppy. So I can't really remember everything, but that went back and forth, but they were kind of like talking about who spoke with Catherine last before she went. Um, So Damon's like, I spoke with her last, and Stefan was like, no, I did, but we had other things on our mind, like implying that... If you know what I mean. Yeah, like that they were getting down and dirty, and... Uh, they're just so comfortable with like talking about sharing like this a relationship with the same woman uh, I don't yeah, know I feel like that would be a we're never t- speaking of it again kind of thing right like oops sorry <laughs> but hey when you're vampires I guess a lot of things seem normal um, so we kind of leave them there and get back to the very exciting sleepover which gets kicked up a notch when 
uh, Caroline, of all people, randomly is like, now that we're all friends again, I have the best idea. We're going to have a seance because this Emily chick has some splaining to do. Yes. And you're just like, all right, Caroline. Like, Let's tempt fate here. <laughs> yeah, why, you're why asking for this. Um, so they get the candles and Emily or Emily. Well, um, Bonnie and Caroline and Elena are sitting around in a circle and pretty much Bonnie like starts going and she's just kind of like, Emily, you there? And Caroline's like, shut the fuck up. You up? (laughs) Hey girl, you, you awake? So Caroline kind of scolds her into being more serious so bonnie starts talking like ah emily i beseech thee if you are here show us your presence (laughs) so at this point the candles start kind of like flaming up a little bit they were like at a gentle burn and then they start going into overdrive like two inch flames Mm -hmm. we all know bonnie's magic manifests primarily through fire at this point exactly and at first the girls are trying to explain it away like oh my god it's just the air conditioning and caroline's like emily girl give us a sign so emily just busts open the the window to the room and it's super loud and then the candle flames get higher and just shit is getting real yeah it's getting spooky up in uh elena's bedroom and you know all this seancey shit happens culminating in the lights going out temporarily and Bonnie is like, fuck this crystal, fuck Emily, I'm out. And she throws the necklace down. But when the lights come back on, the necklace is gone. Yes, it's disappeared again. And Elena's just like, Caroline, if you took it, we'll forgive you. (laughs) I know. Oh my god. That was like the best moment of the episode. It was pretty much exactly like the episode of Community where Annie's pen goes missing. Oh my god. And I kind of want to watch just a bottle episode with the three of them trying to figure out who took the very important crystal. Ooh, that would be great. But instead, uh, while Elena and Caroline are frantically looking around for it, Bonnie spots it on the bedroom rug. Or no, the bathroom, the bathroom rug. bathroom, yeah. And she, like, slowly, in, like, sort of a daze, walks into the bathroom and is like, guys, it's here. And she picks it up, and suddenly, slam! The bathroom door closes, and she's trapped in there with uh, bon- with Caroline and Elena pounding on the door and screaming, Bonnie, Bonnie, not the bathroom. You're not safe in there. What's happening? <laughs> it's very stressful because in the bathroom, um, Bonnie is like thrashing all around, like clanging the very important crystal off a whole bunch of shit. And you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, what's going on in there? So eventually the banging and the yelling stops and the door swings open calmly and you see bonnie standing there and looking at um elena and caroline and she's like i'm fine everything's okay in a super calm and creepy voice and she goes to walk out of the bathroom and you catch her reflection in the mirror and who the fuck is it? It's Emily and her colonial woman garb. There's a garb. colonial woman in the mirror. <laughs> there was. And it was so creepy. This is where I got chills. Because yeah. I feel like this was the first truly creepy part of the series. Yeah, it was the most traditional, like, jump scare episode. I think, yeah, I think so, too. So, like, I was just kind of thrown off guard by this Um So pretty much what had happened is that when Bonnie was locked in the bathroom with a very important crystal, Emily was able to take over Bonnie's body. um, And although she looks like Bonnie, she's actually Emily. Yeah, so she just 
<laughs> says to Elena, I must go. <laughs> right? Thank you for inviting me. Emily, girl, you've given yourself away with your colonial woman speak. Seriously, you could have haunted the school a little while and picked up some slang like <laughs> chill yourself. Right? Oh, so true. But yeah, so she starts trying to leave. Caroline's really mad because she thinks Bonnie was just punking them. Oh, yeah. She's, she's like, like, I was really scared. You blah, 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 blah. And meanwhile, Bonnie is just like, pretty, awaits <laughs> my return whilst I venture into this darkened night. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's so proper. And Caroline's just like, you really scared me. But Elena knows that something spooky is happening. So she's like, Bonnie, what are you doing with the crystal? And she says, oh, don't worry. I will not let him have it. It must be destroyed. So, at this point, Elena calls Stefan to fill him in on what the fuck's happening. And, of course, Damon is sitting right there and overhears the whole conversation where Elena reveals that Emily is kind of kind of go, uh, go back on her pact with Damon and destroy the crystal. And she tells him exactly where Bonnie's going. <laughs> She's like, I, she said she kept dreaming about being at Old Fell's church. So, of course, Damon zooms away. And now it's like a race to the crystal. Oh, a race to the crystal. That's what this episode should have been called. <laughs> um, and I think, is it when um, Stefan is there, Jeremy also busts in on the scene? <laughs> oh, yeah. When when Bonnie runs out the door, she slams it behind her and it is locked. Like, oh, yes. And so <laughs> Caroline and Elena are like pounding on it, trying to open it. And finally, it just, like, opens and Jeremy's there and he sees them, like, both frantic and screaming. And he just, like, shrugs and walks into the house without a word. Right? And, and he's, like, what's like, going on? He's, like, dragging his hand along the wall, like, without yeah. a care in the world. And you're just kind of like, what the fuck, Jeremy? He's high on life now. Like, that compulsion from Damon just, like, put him in a no worries zone. <laughs> Very true. So I guess he's on his way back from the Mystic Grill. So all of this was happening while Aunt Jenna was on her weird date with Alaric. Yeah. Um, and the date goes well because Alaric walks her home. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jeremy's like standing in the kitchen, like in full view of the front door when they're like standing in the doorway, clearly having the like, are we going to do it negotiation? <laughs> Right? It was like, oh, should I come in? Oh, I don't know. Do you have time? Like, it was just kind of like that coy back and forth of that actually saying the words, which was super weird because Jeremy was like right fucking there. And I understand that Aunt Jenna's the cool aunt, but like, come on, have some decency. And she like stage whispers, (laughs) Jeremy's here. I can't. Right? Like, Jeremy could definitely hear her. And it was also super obvious. So weird. So Jeremy's kind of like creeping in the background looking through a box of historical items, probably because he's looking for something to write his extra credit paper on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aunt Jenna mentioned that his dad had all kinds of family historical artifacts in the closet that he could probably use for his paper. Oh, yes, exactly. So Jeremy picks up this old-timey journal and opens it up and luckily right on the first page it tells us exactly what this book is and it says journal of jonathan gilbert 1864 man that was a big year for everybody it was i mean can't they can't they give us a little credit and have like something be in 1863 or 1865 like we'll get the hint 1953 (laughs) 
So that that's a bit of a tantalizing peek at, you know, what might be in the Gilbert's history. Exactly. So we go back to the whole crystal situation. Bonnie has, like, slept, walked into the woods. Mm-hmm. And Damon raises her there, and he's like, Hello, Emily. I did not see you there. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, hi. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go back on our deal, but I can't unleash this evil. And then she throws him against a tree. With, he gets, like, impaled oh, with a branch yeah. through his stomach. And it's like, man, magic seems, like, really cool, and you know what the fuck you're doing. I know. She's, like, it seemed to me that she's just way more powerful than um, the vampire. Did yeah. you get that vibe, too? I mean, she made a vampire go flying. She could have staked him through the heart with that tree. It's true, yeah. She just hit him in the stomach. So Damon's having a bad week for getting uh, staked right through the stomach. Yeah, he's going to have to get, like, gastric bypass or something. Yeah, for sure. So Emily's all like, I can't free them. I won't. And we find out that not only was Catherine 1864 put into the crypt or the tomb or whatever Mm -hmm. it's called, um, there were 27 other vampires in the church um, when it seemingly burnt down and Stefan and everyone, I guess, except for Damon and Emily, thought that they died all tragically in the fire. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that they've just been creeping around in the crypt for uh, the past 162 years or whatever. Yeah. And as we learned from Stefan, uh, when he was keeping Damon in the dungeon, if a vampire doesn't have blood for a long time, they basically become mummies. So there's like all these mummified vampires sealed in this tomb under the ruins of the old church. And Stefan kind of zooms up and gets Damon off the tree and overhears this part. And he's like, fuck no, Damon. We cannot let 27 vampires loose on this town. Maybe, like, a copy of 27 Dresses on DVD. But <laughs> not these damn vampires. They would kill everybody. It would be terrible. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Yeah, and Emily agrees with him. So she's just saying that she's not going to free them. So, like... All of a sudden, I think this is at the point where shit gets really real. So Emily's mm-hmm. standing in the woods. All of a sudden, a pentagram of fire appears around yeah, she's her. Like incendio. <laughs> yeah, and and I like the fire is so high. I I can't yeah. even talk about this part because it was so exciting. So down down she... down in a pentagram of fire. <laughs> And that's what happens to the very important crystal. Yeah, she like levitates it into the air with her mind and then it explodes into like a firework. (laughs) Yes, and it's like falling sparks for a long time. It's like the very important crystal wasn't that big, but it died a fiery death. Yeah, and Damon's like, no! Yes. And this was the only chance that he had, we think, to get Catherine 1864 out of the crypt. Yeah, it's very sad. It is sad. So, like, Damon can't control his rage. So, eventually, the fire dies down, and Emily, I think, is just kind of like, okay, bye. Yes, and then, like, <laughs> yeah. And then um, Emily leaves Bonnie's body, and Bonnie is just kind of standing there looking a little confused, and Damon just zooms over and, and bites her neck real hard. Yikes. Yeah. And Stefan stops him, and Bonnie is still alive, but barely, so he feeds her some blood, and her neck heals, and 
she's like, okay, so what just happened? Yeah, because she, like, doesn't understand, you know, how she got there or, like, she doesn't know that Stefan and Damon are vampires, so she knows that she's, like, all bloody, but she's just looking at Stefan, like, in a really, really scared way. Yeah, because he just, like, forced her to drink his blood. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, super And she saw, you know, Damon's face get all spooky. Oh, yeah, she even mentions that she saw the vampire boner face. Yeah. Like, his face got all scary. Yeah, so um, Elena is basically, basically like, Stefan, I have to tell her, like, we can trust her, she's a witch, whatever. And he's like, yes, you, you should have somebody to talk to about all of this. Yeah, thanks, Stefan. So we kind of leave that situation for a minute, uh, along with Stefan still insisting that they can't be together. And we, we kind of resolve the Matt and Caroline Plotline. Uh, Caroline ran home after the whole seance incident, and she's in her room, like, kind of upset, and a figure comes in through her bedroom window, and, of course, it's Matt, <laughs> and he just, like, says all these really horrible things. He's it's like, like rapid fire of yeah. just being a huge dick. He's like, I, I just want to say, like, I lied, I know we did cuddle, and it was nice, but I've never liked you and, and it creeped me yeah, out. Yeah, it was creepy, and I never liked you, and you're really sad and pathetic and alone. And the only reason why I stayed is because I felt bad for you, but I did like it. But then he reveals he felt a kinship with her because now that Vicky has quote-unquote left town, and Mrs. Donovan is out on a like fuck spree with some guy named Paul, <laughs> um, he's all alone too, so he gets it. So they have this kind of connection in their patheticness so it seems like something might be happening there yes at least a friendship Mm -hmm. at least (laughs) because if there's one thing to conclusions and if there's one thing we know about caroline is that if a guy treats her bad enough seemingly that she'll (laughs) end up hanging out with them yeah so for Uh, now she just comes up the stairs with literally like both arms completely full of bags of like chips and popcorn and, like, a few cans of, like, brisk iced tea or something. <laughs> it and was. Matt doesn't help her with any of it. And she just dumps it on the bed, and they, like, settle in to cuddle and eat junk food. I'm like, you're going to get so many crumbs in your sheets. You're never going to sleep well at that bed again. No, not until you wash all of your sheets. And even then, there's going to be crumbs in your butt crack every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> Very true. And it was just like such a weird like segue, I think. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm here to cuddle, like we're both alone. And then like, I mean, I'm I am all about snacks, but like just go downstairs and like yeah, eat like, them on the couch or something, right? Like let them fall into the couch cushions. That's fine. Uh I know. It, it was, was just super, super weird. weird, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Jinx. I think my biggest note I just wrote crumbs with an exclamation point. <laughs> Uh. So then we have a kind of wrap up montage at the end with another really horrible like mid two thousands like Coldplay wannabes. I don't know. It's bad, but we see that Stefan is now too depressed to write in his diary, and he like has tears in his eyes because he's let oh, Elena he's go in, and he wants to leave town. Damon has said that he's going to leave town too because there's no reason to stay if Catherine's not there. Yep. And we see Elena explaining vampires to Bonnie, but there's no sound. So it's just them, like, both, like, weeping and talking at each other. And yeah. Like, it looks like she's telling her that, like, everybody she's ever known or and loved is dead. <laughs> and that the world is going to come to an end. Like, they're both over the top, like, 
<laughs> weeping about they are and then body like is has a blanket wrapped around her and then like brings in the hug so yeah. that she's wrapping it around uh elena did i say elena had the blanket <laughs> body had the blanket there was somebody blanket. had it there was a lot of weeping and hugging yeah. and we need to dub that scene over just them telling each other like really terrible things <laughs> donald trump is the president <laughs> No. Uh, yeah, and then Damon's like sitting in the forest with a sad face, and it's everybody's being really sad. And then our final scene is a classic Vampire Diaries cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, so it's late at night by this point, and Aunt Jenna's just kind of like I don't know, walking around her kitchen, um, and she hears a knock on the door, and she looks at her watch, and she's like, "Oh, it's late." Um, and she goes to open it, and who's standing there but the ugly Dan Humphrey, Logan Fell. Ah! What? We thought that boy was dead. And he's looking very pasty. He is. And very dickish. And then he asks, well, aren't you going to invite me in, Jenna? <gasps> And as we know, listeners, a vampire cannot walk into a house without being invited. Yeah, so something clearly has happened since we last saw Logan and his seemingly dead body. Totes. But that's the end of the episode, so we're going to have to wait till next week to find out what the fuck's going on with that. Of course, and then something else is going to pop up at the last second, and then we're going to be like, what the fuck is going on with that? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much the Vampire Diaries way. Totally. But I do think that we got a lot of really good information that has been dragged out so far mm-hmm. in the um, series. Like, we finally understand why um, Damon came back to town, yeah. was to be there when the comet passed and get the very important crystal mm-hmm. and try and save his long lost love, Catherine1864, from the crypt below Fell's Church. Yep. Yeah, it really ties up a lot of things from the first run of episodes, and the next episode is called The Turning Point. So apparently, <gasps> you know, there weren't enough turning points already. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we met a new character, we re-met a character we thought was long gone, we learned a little more about the history of the town, we learned the purpose of the crystal and the comet. We learned about Emily. It was really just, like, a lot of information, but it didn't seem like we were being overloaded. Like, it zipped by really quick. It did, yeah. That episode was probably what I thought was, like, the fastest one that went by while we were watching it. And um, the pace was really good, too. Like, it was just kind of, like, one thing after another after another. You're like, oh, yeah, Emily, very important crystal, comet, Logan, vampire. Seance. Seance. (laughs) yeah it was it was really good it's like the show is hitting its stride with a really fast pace like it's established the main characters it's established the universe a little bit and it's really like kicking into gear on the season-long arc so it's exciting and we can't wait to see what happens next very true i know what happens next you're in the next episode is a good one. Really? It's yeah. is is it a turning point? It is a turning point. Oh shit, I'm excited. So, uh on that note, who you wanna punch? Oh boy. Logan. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> He was barely in the episode, but I'm just so mad that he's back. I know, and I'm mad that he looks like Dan Humphrey, and I'm mad that Aunt Jenna seems to have finally moved on from her 
Logan depression, which she called it. And then that motherfucker just shows up at her door. And, like, now he's a vampire. So, like, we don't even have to deal with like him he just wasn't being, bad like, a dick already. human. Yeah, now he's a fucking vampire. Great. God. I think Damon had to have something to do with that, right? Because he's the one that bit Logan, right? Who the fuck even knows? We're going to find that out later. But, True. yeah, as far as we know, the last vampire he had any contact with was Damon. Oh, God. So, yeah, there's that. I agree with that, but now I have to think of my own. Who do hmm. I want to punch? <laughs> I want to punch Emily. She was rude to her descendant. <laughs> Emily was rude. Like, she could have done that more graciously, for yeah. sure. Maybe, like, ignore their kitty seance. Maybe, like, rattle the windows a little bit just to give them a thrill. And then the next day be like, Bonnie, it's me, Emily. Here, let me explain some things to you. I'm going to de- destroy this crystal. Can I borrow your body for a minute? Like, have some respect. She is your family. It's, yeah, and, like, why go through all of this bullshit with, like, dealing with Damon and, like, making him promise to protect your offspring if you're just gonna treat them like shit a couple hundred years later? And then abandon their body with all of your witch powers right when they're, like, right in front of a vampire who's very angry at you. Right? And then they just come and attack your great-great-great-great-great-granddaughter. Yeah. It's not cool. So, you know, Emily, she's a very fascinating character. I want to know more, but I also kind of want to punch her. I agree. That's a good choice. So, yeah, very unusual. I think two weeks in a row, maybe. I don't remember who I wanted to punch last week, but (laughs) I don't remember much from last week. I wanted to punch Elena. So, oh, Damon was last week. Okay. But, yeah. So, I've been punching some ladies. It's 2017. (laughs) But we do, of course, have to always return to why are men? Why are men? So the first thing that comes to mind for me, and I guess I just hate Matt because this has been ongoing since the first episode, but he was just so rude to Caroline when he was talking about how it grossed him out that they cuddled and about how he didn't like her and about how it was super weird for him and like how he felt bad for her. It was like that thing that like, I don't know if this is a real thing. I imagine it is. But, like, when you're super mean to somebody and Mm. then you say something nice and then the person thinks that the nice thing is nicer because all of the other bad shit that you said, he's, like, gaslighting her. It's called nagging. Ugh. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I I didn't know such a horrible thing had a term. Like, this has been, I think, taken up a lot by MRAs and pickup artists that, you know, you put a girl down so she wants to win your approval. And I'm like, you say that shit to me, I will pop you one. Yeah. I'll just slap in your damn face. So don't get any fancy ideas, men of Earth. Right? We don't have time for this. Matt's trying to be a member of the mailmen, I think. <laughs> yeah. Matt, you know, has been a pretty stand-up guy through this, but he was a little fucked up this episode. Totally. And, like, he's dealing with the loss or departure, I guess, of his sister and, like, being alone. But, like, that's no excuse to treat your friend since you've noticed since first grade like shit. I guess there is kind of a Mr. Darcy proposing to Elizabeth the first time vibe to this scene. Where it's like, despite the fact that I've never liked you and it was creepy that we cuddled together, I actually liked it. <laughs> Let's do it again. Uh, yes, this had its literary roots. <laughs> yes, this show is very deep and full of allusions to classic literature. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it does have some episodes named after classic literature. I think... Uh, 
the finale of this season is called The Sun Also Rises. Oh. I think, well, it's a two-parter. The Sun Also Rises and As I Lay Dying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We definitely have Faulkner. to do the two-parter in one sitting. Oh, shit. I don't think that's going to be possible. Oh, that's okay. going to be a three-hour-long episode. Oh, they're both hour and a half? No, like for us. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. You're right. It would probably be four hours. Well, we'll get there. Actually, that might be season two. Yeah, that's season two. Okay. I lied. I lied. I apologize. So we have a lot to look forward to. We do. It's a very intense two-parter. Anyway, so why are men? Why is Logan still here? Just when you think you've gotten rid of a douchebag, they just pop right up. Immortal, right? They, like, pop up and now they're immortal. Like, we didn't have enough to deal with before. can never die. That's what I learned from this episode. Uh, I know. And, like, this episode... I know we already talked about it briefly is just how like how Stefan waited until this point to like remove himself or to try to from Mm -hmm. Elena's life right when she was like no I want to be with you like this is important to me I'll make it work is when he decides that he can't and I understand that there's this whole trope of like it's never the right time and like all this other stuff but it just pisses me off because Elena's gone through like a ton of bullshit been surrounded by death and destruction only for Stefan to be like oh um okay leave in town brb yeah it's like i just made this mess but i gotta go so you deal with these feelings and like carnage right (laughs) and you know i'm gonna be in tahiti bye girl bye i know he'll be dancing in the Statue Street. of Liberty, <laughs> or whatever. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Or like having a threesome with Bon Jovi. Not again. Uh, I thought we moved past that. No. Stefan. Yeah, and then you have Alaric, who we don't know much about him yet, but he's just like trying too hard to be slick with people. Mm-hmm. You know, getting in with Jeremy and then hitting on his aunt right in front of him, which is kind of a move it is it's gross and inappropriate like have some boundaries man right you just removed jeremy from the jackass file like we don't need to <laughs> we don't need to move too fast here we might need to put you in the jackass file alaric yeah tbd true but just given his whole long rambling speech about how to pronounce his name i'm just like oh my god when he started that scene i was like am i supposed to know what this means like i was worried it was like some famous historical figure <laughs> that i just never learned about because oh, yes, of how he was going on cologne. right oh my god it was just so ridiculous that motherfucker yeah so i think we pretty much covered that um so who did we think should have done it I'm having so much trouble with these now just because everybody keeps pissing me off I don't want any of them to have carnal satisfaction we had two new potential pairings this week we had um, Alaric and Aunt Jenna and Matt and Caroline are you rooting for either of those pairs no because Matt's a Dick and Caroline's stupid and Aunt Jenna's stupid she and is Alaric nice. is also annoying and a vampire. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Damn, boom, that's it. Did you want any of the new pairs to do it? Um, I think I know too much about what happens on this show to comment. Okay. So I think my who should have done it, let's see. I'm gonna say Stefan and Damon, because you can't have that much 
sexual tension in the air without resolving it. Even if it's disgusting and wrong, just like throw down or go home. Oh, fair enough. They had the most like build up to doing it. That was the most sexual tension in the episode for sure. Yeah. Very true. What are you thinking, CW? This is a show for teenagers. (laughs) This is a family show. (laughs) I wish, okay, my who should have done it was Emily and one of the vampire mummies from the crypt. (laughs) (laughs) Like while it's a mummy? After it gets out for a couple days. Okay. Yeah. Just paint me a word picture of this theoretical (laughs) tomb vampire. Well, everybody's been living in this, like, afterlife, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. they're immortal. I guess Emily's alive. I don't know. But I just feel like they've been hanging around for a hundred years, like, watching their great-great-great-grandchildren doing all this stupid bullshit. They probably just need to relieve some stress, you know? And they were probably friends in 1864 if they Mm -hmm. were surrounded by Catherine and her crew. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. I I mean, my prediction is that these 27 vampires or whatever aren't going to stay down there forever. You (laughs) think the Salvatore brothers are just going to give up and move? I mean, next week could be the last episode. It could. It could. I don't know. So just to recap, this week on Who Should Have Done It, I said two brothers, and Beth said a ghost and a mummy. (laughs) Yes. Holla. So it's really getting sexy up on the vampire diaries. It it really is. Uh, We thought it would just all be teenage romance. Little did we know. Nope. All right. Well, very exciting episode. Lots of information. Uh, We're on the edges of our seats about what's going to happen with the Logan situation, what are the Salvatore brothers going to do now that the grand evil plan has failed? You know, is Emily going to keep haunting everybody? <laughs> she be haunting. <laughs> Bitches be haunting. <laughs> yes. So good. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode for sure. So I think that brings us to our last and newest segment called Mystic Follows. Yes, we actually are creating a web presence for ourselves, (laughs) bit by bit, piece by piece. This is true. So the most exciting news is that you can now find us on iTunes. So if the SoundCloud app doesn't seem to work on your mobile device like me, Mm -hmm. uh, you can now listen to us from the comfort of iTunes, which Mm -hmm. is super exciting. And if you know it's good for you and don't want to get exsanguinated, you can go on iTunes and rate us five stars and rate us a glowing review about how funny and brilliant we are. Yes, please. It would mean a lot to us. And it would also help other people find our podcast. Yes. And as we know, life is empty without the VD Diaries. Amen. So in addition to iTunes, you could also find us on Instagram, Tumblr, and facebook so our instagram handle is the underscore vd underscore diaries underscore podcast Mm -hmm. so that's the vd diaries podcast with underscore separating the words um you can find us on facebook by searching the vampire diaries diaries or at facebook.com backslash the vd diaries And last but not least, you could find us on Tumblr at thevddiaries.tumblr.com. Please admire the beautiful teenage girl diary theme. It's great. I spent a lot of time on it. 
I am a Tumblr novice and don't know anything about HTML, but I went into the HTML to make it perfect. So please rate that 10 stars. Yes, please. And while you're there, please admire uh, the gifs of Damon doing his sexy dance. Gifs. Gifs? You said gifs. I can't get into this right now. It's too late. Gifs. We'll save this for another episode. Gifs. Or offline. Gifs. Mozzarella.